these words again from Ephesians 2, beginning in verse 14, for he himself, Jesus, for he himself is our peace, who has made both one and has broken down the middle wall of separation, having abolished in his flesh the enmity, that is, the law of commandments contained in ordinances, so as to create in himself one new man from the two, thus making peace, and that he might reconcile them both to God in one body through the cross, thereby putting to death the enmity. And he came and preached peace to you who were afar off and to those who were near. For through him we both have access by one spirit to the Father. Peace. If you were asked, what is the one thing that you most desire to have take place in your daily life, peace might not be one of your first thoughts. More likely, love and other words such as that will come first to your mind. And perhaps that would be most appropriate. But given just a few moments to consider the question, peace would surely begin to rise close to the top because peace, and especially especially the lack of peace, has a way of influencing and even controlling all of those other matters that we involve ourselves within each day. Now here in the book of Ephesians, God is directing us to both the cause and the remedy for our lack of peace. The cause having its origins in the one thing that seems most often to be at the root of most all troubles, that being sin. Sin between us and God, and then sinful conduct between us and each other. Sin by its nature breeds quarrels. And it brings enmity, as the scriptures here tell us, brings enmity between God and sinners, between God and us, leaving us troubled and without peace. But as we've been studying here in this book of Ephesians, Christ has come to bring the only true remedy that will help our troubled souls. He's come to take away that enmity and to reconcile us back to Him and to God the Father. Jesus came and took up our quarrel and He brought it to an end by the sacrifice of Himself there on the cross. And we read about that in in the book of Isaiah. By the stripes that He received as He was beaten there and then by His death on the cross, the Lord Jesus did all that it would take to remove that enmity that's spoken about here in our text today. To remove that enmity that stood and does stand often between us and God the Father. But immediately, immediately from that first moment that he died there on the cross, peace began to take the place of enmity. And then all things began at that one point to be made well. And his final words there on the cross, it is finished. Jesus announced the greatest of all jubilees. All debts were settled. All trespasses were forgiven. 
and complete eternal freedom was declared, the greatest of all jubilees. And to those who would step on forward and receive his wonderful gift of grace, the quarreling would end. The quarreling would end, both between God and us and also between us and other people. All the disagreements would be settled and miraculous changes would begin to prevail in each life with miraculous peace replacing the troubled spirits within us. What is the peace that he speaks about here? What does the word peace mean to you personally in your particular circumstance right now? And in your condition of soul right now, what does the word peace mean? My Bible dictionary defines peace using several different words. There, it's defined as tranquility, as harmony, security, well-being, and other words like that. And then in these scriptures, we see the word peace being used in those same ways, but also many other ways. And it's actually used over 400 times in these scriptures. So it is something that God puts a strong value on. Through these scriptures, we see the types of peace, inner peace, experienced privately within our own souls, peace with God, and then, as I mentioned a moment ago, also peace with other people. In whatever way we define it, in whatever way you define it, peace is a very special condition of soul like no other. When peace is present within us, we have a prevailing comfort that governs all that we think and say and do. But again also, the opposite is so true when there's an absence of peace. An absence of peace influences and governs every thought, our behavior, our well-being. I'm reminded of a secular song that speaks about troubled waters. Those words, troubled waters, are a vivid picture to me, and they do describe well the difficulties that will often consume my soul when I'm experiencing a lack of peace. I have only to hear mention of difficulties within the relationships of my beloved children and the waters within my soul begin to stir and toss. Listen, dear friends, I need to always quickly remind myself and you always need to quickly remind yourself when those troubled waters begin to stir. We need to remind ourselves that God, our loving and ever-present Father, He really does know all of the intimate thoughts taking place within your soul right now. He he knows all about every intimate need of your soul. He knows about what's taking place right at this moment. And as we would humble ourselves before him, he immediately, he immediately will dispatch his Holy Spirit, his comforter, to give us aid to calm the difficulties and the turmoil within our souls. But unfortunately, again, no sooner are we comforted from that one dilemma that we seem to quickly go out and we'll find another one. Sometimes it seems that we will manufacture some. 
If it's not there, we'll think that it is. And the world and the flesh and the devil, they are quick to accommodate our propensity towards those things. And they generously then provide troubled waters all around us. All we have to do is look around us at the world. We see throughout our world right now wars and rumors of wars. Exactly what the scriptures call them for. Wars and rumors of wars. Sons and daughters dying in Afghanistan, perhaps even today. And then just this past week, Russia invaded Ukraine. We don't know what that's going to portend for this country. But it's not good. And it's certainly not good for the other European nations. Because this is probably only the beginning of what Russia is going to do. And then we have the plane there in Southeast Asia that disappeared with all those 239 lives. All of the families right now are in this sea of troubled waters crying out, where is my family member? Where is my loved one? As I mentioned a moment ago, right here in our own nation too, this troubled waters, are they stir all of the time. We have a government full of men and women who seem to despise each other. None of them seem to like each other. Even those of the same political parties, none of them seem to like each other very well. and We're continually immersed in nothing but seemingly at least self-seeking politics where they make laws that fit some but bring disarray to the majority. And it goes on and on. The crime rates and and uh, guns have never been purchased more often than they're being purchased right now. It's this sea of troubled waters that is stirring all through our nation and all through our souls. I think of the rise of, of the use of drugs just in my lifetime. Why, why has that taken place? Why does it take place every day? I believe it's the same thing. It's a lack of peace. And so each person then is looking for some remedy for that lack of peace that's taking place within their life. And so one will reach for alcohol, another will reach for drugs, and none of that self-medication really solves anything. The problem is still there when they sober up. And then also, too, counseling and therapy and all is just skyrocketed and all searching for this elusive relief for the troubling Lack of peace. Lack of peace in their lives. Let me say to us again, none of those efforts really work out well for us. There's a saying out there. How's that working out for you? None of it. None of it is working out well for any of the uh, of the dear people in our, in our land today. And none of that will ever work out well for us because the answers that all of those medications and and avenues of of comfort offer, they're not able to reach to the real source of our troubled condition. We need another and far better answer for our dilemma. And Jesus says here that he has that answer for us. John 16, 33, listen to these words. These things I have spoken to you that in me you may have peace. In the world you will have tribulation, but be of good cheer. I have overcome the world. Jesus came to bring real peace to your and my soul. A kind of peace that surpasses all ordinary concepts of understanding. A kind of peace that the world can 
never provide through any of its artificial means. The Lord tells us that in John 14, 27. He says, my peace I leave with you. My peace I give to you, not as the world gives do I give to you. Let not your heart be troubled, neither let it be afraid. The peace that Jesus speaks about here really is so much, much more real than the peace that the world has to give. And as believers, listen, as believers, we have an obligation to let the peace of God rule in our hearts. We have an obligation, I want to say that again, to let, to allow the peace of God to rule in our hearts. Let me read that for you in Colossians 3. This is Colossians 3, beginning in verse 12. Therefore, as the elect of God, holy and beloved, Put on tender mercies, kindness, humility, meekness, long-suffering, bearing with one another and forgiving one another. If anyone has a complaint against another, even as Christ forgave you, so you also must do. But above all these things, put on love, which is the bond of perfection. And listen, and let the peace of God rule in your hearts, to which also you were called in one body, and be thankful. Did you note those words? There we're being told to let the peace of God rule in our hearts. Yes, in other portions of Scripture, we're told to make every effort to be at peace with God and with our neighbors. But here, here we are being commanded to be submissive. To be submissive and to allow God to be the one who will bring the peace into our hearts. Letting his fruits prevail over our troubled spirits. Not some methodology of how to improve your relationship with that one you're having difficulty with. But rather allowing the Holy Spirit to come in and to actually bring that peace. All we have to do is be submissive to his presence. These words are telling us that you and I have a choice in this. That we can trust God and His promises and let His peace rule and we will then prosper. Or we can do it like we used to do and that is reject what He has to offer and suffer through it. Here Jesus was able to give His disciples peace because He had truly overcome the world. And He's done the same for you and me now. The same promise that he made to these disciples, he's made to you and me. And all we have to do is surrender to it. Let me read those words again for you. First from John 14. My peace I leave with you. My peace I give to you. Not as the world gives do I give to you. I don't give peace like they have, whether it be something you drink or something you use in a needle or some psychiatrist or counselor or medication. My peace I give to you, and it's not as the world gives. Let not your heart be troubled, and let it not be afraid. And in John sixteen thirty three, these things I've spoken to you, that in me you may have peace. In the world you'll have tribulation, but be of good cheer, I have overcome the world. As soon as you walk out that door today, you'll walk into tribulation. You may have even brought some of it into the church with you today. On the authority of this word, the Lord Jesus has overcome 
all of that tribulation. Listen, all of this is real and it is true and it is the only real and, and true answer for the troubled conditions of our souls. Christ has come to give us life and He has sent His Holy Spirit to abide within us every moment of every day and by His presence within us to bring peace. A peace that surpasses all understanding. And it's a peace that the world cannot give, as Jesus says, because the peace that He gives is a fruit of His own Holy Spirit. The world does not have the Holy Spirit. You and I do if we have Christ as our Savior. And as the Holy Spirit lives in us, His fruits are there. And so along with all the other fruits of His Spirit, love, joy, peace, patience, kindness, goodness, gentleness, self-control, blessed peace, peace abides within us and soothes out all the ripples of our troubled waters. My thoughts go to the parable of the weeds. In that parable, we have we that have Christ as our Savior and Lord are pictured as being the wheat. And the weeds are those people who choose the other path to not receive Christ as Savior and Lord. And we exist daily alongside and in amongst those weeds. And when asked in that parable if the weeds should be removed, the Master said to His caretakers, No, don't, don't remove the weeds because the wheat may in some way be injured by the process. Again, that parable speaks to us and says that every day of our lives we'll be walking side by side with unbelievers. And it will not be an easy walk. And weeds, by their nature, are always very invasive. They not only occupy their own space, but they're always reaching out to occupy your space taking nutrients from you, and even sometimes intertwining their roots into yours. But even so, with all of that being true, we can still trust the Lord Jesus for our protection and for our remedy. Those words again, John sixteen thirty three. These things I've spoken to you that in me you may have peace, in the world you'll have this tribulation. But be of good cheer, because I've overcome the world and those weeds. Jesus lives within you and me every moment of every day. And He is always faithfully at work overcoming the ill effects of those intertwining roots of the weeds. He is able, infinitely able. And yes, the world, the flesh, and the devil will continue to promote quarrels and even wars, both between the souls of men, but also between the nations of the world. And you and I have to expect that because that's who they are and what they do. That's what the world, the flesh, and the devil does. They promote all of this anxiety and, and troubled waters. We should expect nothing less than that. But again, Jesus is infinitely able to overcome all their troublesome ways. In Isaiah 53, we're told that Jesus took the chastisement of our peace and has made it possible for us to have peace with God. And as His peace rules in our hearts, we're able to share that peace with others and become ministers of reconciliation. What does that mean? The song about troubled waters has to do with one person being 
the bridge over troubled waters for someone else. And you and I cannot be that bridge over troubled waters, not by ourselves. But when we have the presence of the Spirit of Christ living within us, then yes, you and I can become those bridges over the troubled waters in other people's lives and become ministers of reconciliation. It's a very precious position that God has put us in. Now here in these scriptures today, the emphasis is given to us that while, yes, you and I should seek and pursue peace, listen, peace is not the true object of our seeking. Let me say that again. Peace is not the true object of our seeking. It is rather the person of Jesus himself that we are to seek. Listen again to these words of verse 14. For he himself is our peace, who has made both one and has broken down the middle wall of separation. Now the allegory being given here is this wall within the temple that kept the Gentile believers separated from their bigger brothers, the Jews. But now in his sacrifice, Jesus has torn down that wall of separation between us and God the Father and us and all of the other peoples of the world. And he's broken down separation between, especially between us and God, giving us this unfettered freedom to go right into the throne room of God, the Holy of Holies, and there to enjoy this intimate love of a father for his beloved son. Folks, this is very real. Is it real to you? It is very real. And once it becomes very real to you, there will be no more enmity. Not between you and God the Father. Not between you and those around you. Jesus has overcome it all. No more troubled waters should prevail in our lives. All that you and I have to do, all that remains for us to do is to humbly accept His loving gift of grace, His generous, free, and totally unexpected and undeserved divine favor. All we have to do is receive it, accept it. And again, as verse 14 tells us, He Himself is our peace. This word that's here translated, He Himself, is a very intentional expression from God to emphatically say that the very person of Jesus is the only condition of peace that is possible for our souls. With He Himself, listen, with He Himself abiding within us, we will have peace. But without His intimate abiding presence, we will not have peace. May I ask you, do you have peace? Or do you have a lack of peace? This is a truth that is inescapable. And you and I must embrace it with all that we have within us. Else you and I will just simply waste away our lives in a sea of troubled waters. And we only have today. We only have these moments. Why should you and I waste those moments? When we have this blessed freedom that He'll give to us. So I beg you, I plead with you to receive the blessed presence of the Lord Jesus Himself. And He will bring peace to your souls beyond all that you can imagine or hope for. He says to you and me, My peace I leave with you. My peace I give to you. Not as the world gives do I give to you. 
Let not your heart be troubled, neither let it be afraid. Let's pray.